Welcome to Van Lathan's The Red Pill, where we give you the brutal reality of truth. Today's guest on The Red Pill, Al Harrington, NBA veteran Al Harrington. What did he play, like 14 years in the league or something like that, man? Al Harrington um, is giving you uh, a very interesting perspective on not just basketball, but on life after basketball. It is NBA All-Star Weekend. I know everybody's got their tickets going out to Charlotte. We want to give you guys a special NBA edition of the Red Pill Podcast. So we talked to Al Harrington two different ways. We talked to him about his NBA career, asked questions that I always like to ask about NBA career, you know, about what it's like being an NBA player, about the daily grind, about the differences, about, you know, spending money on your family, things like that. Also, something I like to know, like, who's the best white boy you ever played with? Of all the white boys you played with, I want to know. I want to know how he looked when he looked over there and he saw that the, the white dude was guarding him. Is there any, is that, does that exist in the NBA? I know Larry Bird used to say he hated when a white guy guarded him. His words, not mine. What did Al Harrington think? Interesting answers. But more importantly than any of that, Al Harrington ta- tells us about how he believes that cannabis can save the world and make him a billionaire. Al Harrington says he's going to make a billion dollars off weed. That is amazing. I think that this brother can do it. He has his own brand, Viola Lifestyle. We're going to talk all about it. That much, much, much more. Very intelligent brother. Really knows his weed. Everybody pay attention. Before we get into Al Harrington, though, I got to talk about something that I just can't stop thinking about. Okay, so normally when I do these little rants, I talk about issues that I feel like, you know, we all need to be talking about and things that we need to discuss. That's not what I'm going to do here. I'm going to talk about something that I saw on Netflix that just won't stop fucking with me. I've already mentioned it. I've already discussed it. It's called Abducted in Plain Sight. This is Netflix is not planned for this. We'd have no sort of partnership with Netflix. I've never seen no crazy shit like this before in my life, and I don't understand how it could be possible. The show is essentially about a dude who is a pedophile, disgusting, and has designs on a young girl that lives near him. Disgusting enough, people be asking, Van, why are you even talking about this? I'm talking about this because of the crazy wild shit that happens in this documentary. He gets at the father, the mother. He makes up a whole lot. I don't understand how this could be possible. I know, like, listen, here's the problem with it. I, it's like a splinter in my mind, abducted in plain sight. There's so many, I've never been this upset, this disgusted, this taken aback. The, 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 do you ever, ever think about, like, I don't have any kids, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't have any kids. It's not my, you know, I don't have any kids. I'm 38 years old, I don't have any kids. But, should we start screening people before we let them have kids? Is it kind of fucked up that we just let anybody have kids? You know, I've seen this before where I look at somebody and, I'm, and you know, they, they go like, yo, they, 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 you shouldn't probably have any. You shouldn't have procreated, you know, at all. But I, I watch this show and it, it makes me really wonder because I want to fight these parents. I want to. And they, they talk to the parents. Listen, there's a part in this show where the guy is talking to his neighbor, okay? And he says, yo, I haven't been having sex with my wife for a while. You know, I'm, I don't, you know, it's like I'm not getting relief at home. And he's like, could you give me some relief? 
he says to the guy, the guy who actually did this is retelling the story. He's like, oh, could you give me some relief? It's just kids stuff. And then the guy goes, well, I was stupid enough. I just reached over and I have to say, I masturbated him. The fuck are you talking about? Is it that easy, dog? What, like what? What do you mean you just, you just, you're sad to say you were stupid. I was stupid enough to reach over and Matt, what the, if I'm in this car with my homie, first of all, why did you just stop in this place and start talking to me about sex with your wife? Why do we have to drive out to a remote location for you to discuss this with me, to talk to me about, why can't we just talk about this at the office or while we're hooping or something like that? Why you got to drive out? To some remote location and then tell me you're not having sex with your wife you know uh, and then he goes out there and he does it and then he goes could you give me some relief i'm gonna be in the car like relieve you how my what is this what are you what's the deal but he did it then the mother in this same show knows that the guy is trying to have sex with her daughter and ends up having an eight-month sexual affair with him this is after the guy has kidnapped her daughter and told the daughter that he's actually from an alien planet, okay? And that the daughter has to do stuff with him or else the alien planet will be blown up. Like, listen, I'll tell you why I'm talking about this. If I watch this shit, y'all gotta watch it. If I watched this crazy ass shit, then y'all gotta watch it. All y'all have to go watch the show right now. Because I'm not going to be the only one fucked up having nightmares about this dumbass show. But like weird. I can't even ride in the car with my homies anymore now. It's, it's like it, 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 it's, it's crazy. My boy's like, yo, Van, you know, could you give me a ride back from the basketball game? I got to talk to you about some important shit. I'm like, no, no. Take my Uber code. I'm not giving you no rides because I don't know what you're going to ask. Let's get to Al Harrington. Abducting the plane site. If you fuck with the red pill, go watch the show, and then we're going to have a whole Instagram live discussing it. More like a support group, though, discussing this show. All right, by the way, rate and review the red pill, man. All right, rate and review. Comment, rate, and review the red pill, wherever it is. Go watch this shit. I'm not, I'm not going to be in this shit alone. Bye. Uh, before we get started, hey, white, we only got one, one white person in the room. That's Maddie. White person, clap for, uh, clap for Al Harrington right now. Clap for Al Harrington. Tell me how great I am, white man. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, actually, he is a big fan. So, Stack, Stack has been down with the Wii game since eight years old. That's what he say, man. That's what he say. What do you think about that? What do you think about... I believe him because, you know, Stack ain't a liar. You know, oh, no, 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 no. I, so I shit, if he him. say it, it's true. That's crazy. But what do you think about smoking from, from, <laughs> eight. from, from eight? So, you know, I got kids that age. I don't want them smoking that early. You don't want them smoking. What's the, what's That's the, probably why Jack's so crazy. Jack yeah. is crazy. But yeah, also, man. also, I look at it this way, though. Think about how much crazier he would be. If he didn't have it. If he did. <laughs> That's a great point. You know, if I he never didn't, think about it that well, way. Think about this. Shout out to Jack. Shout out to Steven Jackson. <laughs> When the Jack that y'all see, that's Jack smoked out. <laughs> Think about if he wasn't smoked out. Like, like he'd be the, in jail. Probably. He'd be in jail, man. We got, we got. What well, we get? We get fifteen years out of Jack in the NBA, something like that. Yeah, because 14, fifteen years. That probably, if not for this, bro, 
We'd have got 15 years of Jack <laughs> in San Quentin or something like that. That's right. my man, though. Uh, shout out to Jack and Matt Barnes yeah, and everybody good. out there doing their thing. So, Al Harrington, bruh. I'm glad to have this conversation with you, bro. Thanks, bro. You cold. How you just walk right off the street right into the show, though? What you mean? I'm just saying you literally walked in the door, uh -huh. sat out, and the show was already going? That's what we do. That's killer. Because this is a conversation. I ain't never seen nothing like it. You know what I'm saying? This is kind of what we do, man. <laughs> now, you are one of the few athletes, and when I say few athletes, I mean really few, because, you know, covering sports, though the way that we do here and the way that I have been, not a lot of guys are able to actually establish uh, uh, an identity other than what they've done on the court right we're seeing it more now but it's still hard for guys to do but you still have the you have the you have a whole brand right viola and you have a message behind everything that it is that you're doing right now we're gonna talk some nba shit gotta do that so sure. but let's get into what it is that you're doing now and it seems to me that you almost have like a ministry with cannabis and you believe in the power of cannabis yeah. you believe in the power of it tell me a little bit about that no nah, i mean when you talk about that like i really feel like if everybody smoke weed or, or consume cannabis the world would be a better place mm. you know what i'm saying i look at just like my walk since i've been in the industry i'm friends with people that i would never rub elbows with mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying i always use paul pierce as just one example of not somebody i wouldn't rub elbows with but someone who i never got along with as a player Right, you know what I'm saying, but why was that? By the way, it was just I think it was competition right. out of the same class. You and just all see that Paul Pierce be like, "Yo, fuck this yeah, dude, yeah, man, right, right. crack him." <laughs> and I think he looked at me the same, same way. way. Yeah, but you know, there was a cannabis event where he was at and I was at, and we were able to really kind of sit and chop it up. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And they brought together an unbelievable friendship now where, like, we check for each other. You know what I'm saying? We invite each other to, our, you know, to our house, to our homes and different things like that. We kick it. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And that's, like, the power of cannabis. That's just one story. But, you know, I think that the biggest thing is just, like, for me, because now that I'm in this space, I realize there's not a lot of people that look like me. Mm. I feel like it's my job to create opportunities for people that look like me. Right. You know what I'm saying? And So you're telling me there's not a lot of brothers kind of getting their shine in the in the weed industry no nah, they're not you know what i'm saying i mean obviously on the black market potentially they are yeah. but you know what i'm saying but not in the legal market and the barriers of entry is set up to keep them out you know Word. what i'm saying and that's what sucks you know what i'm saying because i feel like if we put more black and brown you know into this into this industry i think it'll grow a lot faster because we because mm. you know we have all the real expertise what you know what I'm we saying? know what we're doing we know what we're doing you know what i'm saying i mean the numbers don't lie 85 percent of all drug relation if when people black people are involved it's cannabis related mm. you know what i'm saying so we know a little bit about this industry right. but the way it's set up is that you know we can't participate you know what i'm mm. saying because even when you do your time you come home you got it on your record. Now you're a felon. You now you're a felon. You can't even get in the game. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So we have to change that. You know All what right. I'm saying? And some of the things I've been doing is just through education. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I did a scholarship down in FAMU this year with 10 kids learned, you know, five girls and five boys where they learned about, you know, the cultivation, manufacturing, the entrepreneurship of cannabis. And the reason why I think that is important is because they're young enough that, you know, I feel like once they get into these classes and they learn, they're going to go home and tell their boys and tell their right. friends and tell them like, yo, 
you don't have to risk your freedom no more. Like this mm. is a real industry that yeah. you know that you can be a part of and make really good money. You right. know what I'm saying? We pay way better than McDonald's and minimum wage and all that type of stuff. So right. you know, I just feel like this opportunity in this industry is 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 tremendous and I wanna try to get as many people that look like us to be a part of it. Now do you feel like any of the barriers of entry um for black and brown people into cannabis is because maybe there's the powers that be want to keep us criminalized and want to keep us uh, out of the legal market so that they'll have a, a, a sort of prison industrial structure of people making the wrong choices about cannabis. Because if we all start, you know, doing it the legal way, the, the right way, the way that's uh, uh, like um, available to us, maybe we'll stop getting popped for some of these other crimes. Right. It seems like that. You know okay. what I'm saying? They're not doing nothing to, for that not what you're saying not to be true. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? They come along every once in a while with these social equity programs and all that. But I view social equity, depending on the circumstance, but a lot of times it's always after the fact. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? You don't give social equity in the beginning when everybody's starting. You know what right. I'm saying? They allow these big corporations or people with deep pockets to come in, establish themselves, mm -hmm. and then they offer social equity. So I always use the example, because I'm a hooper, it's like giving the Warriors 20 points to start the game. Put wow. them on 20. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Say, all right, now y'all come play. Right, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be tough. We running uphill the entire time. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? But no, you know, from very, you know, from the various entries, not set up for minorities and people of color to actually participate it's mm. not you know so when you say you educate you're educating these kids uh on the industry what are you specifically educating them on so we just give them first we're just giving them exposure mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying just to exposure to like you know a lot of a lot of kids they sell we they don't know what the process is like mm. you know what i'm saying so we want to teach them the entire process you know teach them how it goes from you know from seeds to clones to the veg to the you know to the harvest room you know mm. what i'm saying to you know drying it to extraction to finished products you know what i'm saying right. seed to sell for the most part is pretty much what we want to give them exposure to because within that entire vertical there's so many different opportunities that you can attack and be a part of like what so like i said you could be a uh you could you could be a grower you could be an extractor you could be a salesperson all it is for a, weed so a lot of times people don't look at weed as something like me and my mom. My mom is the one who introduced me to weed. Right. Therefore, there was no stigma. Right. I knew no. there was there was no stigma. I didn't look at how could weed be bad if my mother exactly. is smoking it. You know exactly. what I mean? How could it be something terrible if I know that she does? It's my mom, mom. You know, right. shout out to her. Shout out, mom. Shout out to mom. So the kids you were saying they get to know all different parts of the step and they get to kind of figure out. Um, where they fit in or what their interests are, what they could do as part of the marijuana industry. Correct. I mean, you know, there's editorial jobs. There's a lot of ways that you can cover this plant. You know mm. what I'm saying? There's a lot of opportunity out here. So I just want to wake these kids up and let them know, like, you know, I know you've been seeing kids getting slammed up against the wall, being locked up, being kicked out of school. Like, you've seen that. When you see that, how do you ever change that in your mind? You yeah. know what I'm saying? You have to experience something else. Mm -hmm. And I think that through education is the way to do it. Uh, have the colleges been receptive to this? Is this something that there's still any type of taboo on? Do you have so, to go in there and sell it? Because you go in there to a to an HBCU where, like FAMU, shout out to FAMU, um, where is they smoking weed there anyway. Right. And you want to come, like, when you get in there with the people, do they go, we don't need you bringing more weed to our campus. Is it a tough sell when you get in these rooms? No, not really, because I think when I, when I tell them about the fact that, you know, us as, you know, people of color and black, 
missing out on an unbelievable opportunity. We don't only want to be customers, man. Why can't we own something? Word. You know what I'm saying? Why I got to just buy all the time? Why, 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 why? My only power I have is my spending power. Why is that it? Why can't we ever own? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's what we explain to them. It's like, look, if we continue to live in the dark, we're going to continue to get passed over. And then all we're going to do 10 years from now is complain about, oh, they never gave us a shot. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? So when I went, you know, when we talked to FAMU, that was what we talked to them about. You know what I'm saying? It's like, give these kids an opportunity. Be first. You know what I'm saying? And it always helps when the school has some form of an agricultural program. Too. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It makes an easier sell for them because they are paying attention and they realize, like, this well, this is not going to be stopped. So, yeah. so is the weed actually being grown on campus there at FAMU? They Very small. Very small. Correct. Right. In somebody's dorm room. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Right. Now, the name Viola. Viola is the brand. Uh, very, very touching story about how the name came about. I'm sure people have heard it, but I, wanted, I want you to tell some of my listeners mm -hmm. where the name comes from and, and what inspired you to have that name. Yeah, so the story, so it story goes like this. I was playing in Denver, playing for the Nuggets. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I was there, I was always reading the newspaper and reading about how you know, cannabis had all these medicinal benefits. But me being from Jersey and thinking it was a gateway drug and all that, you know, I had to read a bunch of articles before I started real, real, realizing it. Then I went on YouTube and I started looking up some videos and realized seeing with kids with epilepsy and, you know, uh, even adults that deal with different things that, you know, was able to use cannabis and get relief from. So my grandmother had come to see me play out there and, uh, you know, she was uh, about to turn 80 years old. And when she got there, she started, you know, she had me put this pill box up on my counter. She started taking all this medication. So I was like, Grandma, why are you taking so much, you know, so much medicine? What's going on? And she started telling me she suffered from high blood pressure, diabetes, glaucoma, all these different things. Mm, the and, black uh, trifecta. Exactly. Yeah, man. And, uh, you know, I was like, well, Grandma, I was just reading that, you know, cannabis helps with glaucoma. You should give it a try. Yeah. And she was like, what's so she Finally, we talked for a while. She's like, well, what is cannabis? And I was like, it's marijuana weed. She was like, reefer? She said, boy, I ain't smoking no reefer. <laughs> Boy, she's I ain't like, taking the pot. Right, you ain't about to get your grand and take no pot. Yeah, she's, yeah. Like, oh, she's like, all it's going to do is make me hungry. Yeah. And I was like, well, it sounded like she knew what she was talking about, right? Right. But uh, she said no. So the next day I came home and she was sitting in my kitchen. And this time her face was in her hands. And, you know, when I walked in, she like looked up at me squinting. And she's like, that's you, baby doll? And I was like, yeah, what's up, grandma? She was like, my eyes hurt so, that, hurt so bad today I can barely see. And I was like, so you taking all that medication and, and none of it's still working? In pain? Like you still in pain? And she's like, yeah, it's hit or miss. Some days it works, some days it don't. So we start talking about cannabis again. And I was just like, why don't you just give it a try? And I said, if it worked, it'd be our secret. I won't tell nobody. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And she was just, obviously, I don't told the whole world. Now you name the brand after right her. Now, right, right, right. I put her on blast. <laughs> right. But uh, she, um, she, so she was like, okay, she'll try it. Took it downstairs, excuse me, I took it in the garage. We smoked a, uh, she smoked a, out of a um, volcano bag. Oh, thing. That's yeah. let you know that I didn't know what I was doing. Right, right, you know what I'm saying? The right, first right. thing I get my grandma's a volcano right. bag. <laughs> so she hit it though, but she wore a coffee stick like a G. She blew it out, coffee, blew it out. I'm like looking at her like, you sure Are you, you sure don't you don't know what you're doing? Yeah, right? What was you doing in the 60s, yeah, Greg? She said, well, that she said, said she said she smoked a cigarette when she was 16 one time. And she said she coughed so bad, she, she never touched do anything no more. again. Yeah. And uh, so she hit it. I took her downstairs. I went and took a nap. Hour and a half later, I woke up and went downstairs. Check on her. She was eating a whole bag of Funyuns. I thought she might have been like hanging from the ceiling or something, right, not yeah, knowing. Yeah, yeah. So I go knock on the door and she was, you know, sitting down in bed, her back was to the door. And I looked in, I was like, Grandma, are you okay? And she turned around and she was crying tears. And she's like, Damn. I'm healed. She said, you know, I haven't been able to read the words of my Bible in over three years. 
And I'm like, what? And she's like, I can't believe this. She's like, I got all my sight. Everything is so bright. And I went in there and I hugged her and I start crying with them soft. They cry, cry. My family cry, cry. Yeah. So I hugged her or whatever. And, uh, you know, it changed my life from yeah. that standpoint. I started educating myself on it. And that next year is when I, um, I opened up my first uh, caregiver. Yeah. And so seeing, you know, firsthand the medicinal benefits of marijuana and what it did for somebody you love, kind of, there's nothing better than sort of that experience. And now you know that there are people that are suffering from things in other places and you kind of just want to be a part um, of their healing process. Correct, man. I mean, I think the biggest thing is that, like, you know, like you said, guys struggle to figure out what they're going to do next. You know what I'm saying? And for a couple of different reasons. One, just to, you know, just have to be relevant in life again. Mm -hmm. um, some may do it for money. You know what I'm saying? But what's amazing about what I'm a part of is, like, I'm helping people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're really, 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 really helping people. We're mm -hmm. giving people alternative ways to medicate themselves. And, you know, it's one thing that is a, a medical side of the plant or, or the business, right? And then there's this recreational side, right? Mm -hmm. And for us, like, with our company is we didn't want to go down either lane, you know, one way or the other, right? right. We kind of staying in the middle. and we, we just feel like we're a lifestyle brand. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? We're a brand where, you know, where people want to be a part of something that's cool, um, that's hip. And at the end of the day, whatever things that you're dealing with, you can feel comfortable enough and know that when you pick up this Viola product, you're going to have an experience every single time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Which I feel like is going to be a great experience. So that's why, you know, we pride ourselves on, you know, highest quality product we can ever put in our packaging. You right. know what I'm saying? We, we live by the moniker of like, you know, we're not putting nothing on the shelf that we wouldn't give Grandma Viola. Word. You know what I'm saying? Word. So, and I love my grandmother, so mm. she's only going to get the best everything, you know, every time I got anything. Grandma quality it. stuff is what you're getting from Viola. Yeah. Talk to me about CBD. Talk to me about, are you guys into the CBD? Because it's something I don't really understand that much about. I think a lot of people are starting to ask questions about CBD oil and like how it works and um, yeah, well, so, CBD, different CBD things, products and stuff. Yeah, so there's, I mean, so pretty much at the end of the day, CBD is a, a natural anti-inflammatory. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you can use it to manage pain. Um, it's also good for as a delivery system as well. You know mm. what I'm saying? It opens up the receptors in our brains and in our bodies to right. receive whatever it is that it's trying to, you know, get at that time. Right. Um, you know, CBD, I think, you know, at the end of the day, it will be very pharmaceutical. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I think that. How do you mean? I just think that all the pharmaceutical companies will use CBD, like I said, as the delivery system, as in their mix of 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 uh, of whatever other drugs drugs that yeah. they're gonna make. Right. You know what I'm saying because of I think because it's it's that effective. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And you know, at the end of the day, you know, all of our bodies have an endocannabinoid system. And, you know, the pretty endocannabinoid what? Endocannabinoid system. What the fuck is this? What are you like? What? Boy, the, the stack in here going crazy with these. The stack know what the hell you talking about? Endocannabinoid. Yeah. So, you know, and cannabinoids is what's found in the plant. And, you know, our bodies is made to work with with the cannabinoids that come from cannabis. So we all have cannabis in our bodies. So that's why, like, when you see, like. We all have cannabis in our bodies. Right. All of our bodies make THC naturally. Is that I never knew this. So, so how, come, how come I can't just like like slap myself and get high or something like that? That would be dope. Because everybody's body has different levels. But that's why like with testing, right, with, with drug testing, a lot of times they, you know, each drug test, you have a certain marker that they give your body, allows your body to have. Sure. So it's like 0.35, let's yeah. just say, because that's all natural. 
That's you have you have you have THC. Okay, in your body so we already. have THC in our bodies. Where does it come from? It comes from our endocannabinoid system. Endocannabinoid. Is this some yeah. weed? <laughs> Did you get this shit from Willie Nelson? No, nah, probably. Is this, we all up. got weed inside of us, let's son. Go, let's, let's Google it. We all have endocannabinoid systems. I'm not. I'm not li- receptors in our brains and everything. So THC then is something. So if if. This is a, a question I was going to get to later, and it's a question that you've been asked so many times, and so many people that are in the marijuana industry have been asked this question. If all of these things are linking together, like people holding hands, basically, why are people still so reluctant to in to embrace THC, to embrace marijuana, to embrace these things? Um, Forget about even from its medicinal qualities. Th- those things are well known and documented now. Even the destigmatization of it recreationally, why is that taking so long? It's just education, man. People just, they really don't know. Or they go off of experience they may have had. You know right. what I'm saying? Is that, you know, every, you know, there's terpenes on a plant that, you know, creates different feelings, you know what I'm saying, from what you, from what you consume. So I may smoke a, a Viola OG and I may not have the best experience that I want to have, right. but if I try a Calabasas Kush, right. it might be spot on. Right. And that's because of, you know, the cannabinoids in the plant, the terpenes and different mixes and the strains. Right. You know what I'm saying? So there's an educational pars- process, a part of, you know, using cannabis. Yeah. It's not like the first time, with the first thing you pick up might be the thing for you. You right. know what I'm saying? A lot of people don't understand indicas and sativas. You know what I'm I saying? I didn't understand that for a long time. Break it down for people. Indicas and sativas. Indicas in the couch. Right. You know, so <laughs> it's really pain relief. You just um, kind of, you mellowed out. It you mellows gone. you out. And sativas are known to give you more of a upbeat high. Right. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't, it doesn't relax you as much. Most you weed that out. you smoke is what? I would say most of them are indicas. Most of them are indicas. Indicas are indica hybrids. Right. Indica yeah, hybrids. Indica dominant hybrids. You know my man, uh, 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 Louie? Uh, uh, Louis with the Louis. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I used to smoke that. What is that? That's all indica. All indica. All indica. Louis shit, you fuck by. Shout out to Louis, man. Yeah, big that King shit, Louis. Like you inside the goddamn couch. Yeah, yeah. But you know, I, like, like yeah. Listen, man. Y'all shit fuck me up too. Yeah, that's a Viola ain't no problem. Viola, that Viola is, <laughs> bro. Viola, like, well, listen. Uh, I was smoking a, a Viola. Viola had me in the game, man. Yeah. Um, and you got to try concentrates. You ain't really got a chance to try what we like really, was, really dope hey, at. Look, don't, don't, look, come on, man. You talking about some concentrates? Now, nah, well, don't, don't fuck me up too bad here. I'm bro. just saying, but you What's know. the concentrate, man? So that's, you know, so we in Colorado, that's where we started, obviously. So we started off as an extraction company. We didn't even sell flour. Yeah, nigga, you 6'9". You know what I mean? Like, it's a difference right. of what you can. <laughs> what? All, all, all it is at the end of the day is the plant, um, you know, uh, extract it down. Mm-hmm. So it was like pretty much stripping off all the terpenes, trichomes, yeah. and all the THC off the plant and uh, turn it to an oil form or we could turn it to crystals or whatever. depends mm-hmm. on, you know, the method. But it's concentrated just like if you drink like concentrated cranberry juice. Oh, I you know, feel you. You take a sip, you like, it's the same thing. So it's just, it's that. So it's like essentially like if you take a, a couple of the crystals or whatever and you dab it, mm-hmm. it's like a... Uh, it's like you smoking like three to five blunts at one time. Damn. So it's really for sick people at the end. They're all connoisseurs of the plant. How do you smoke that? So it depends. Now they have this thing called a Puffco Peak. 
big shout out to Puffco Peak. I would love to do a deal with y'all so we can make Viola Puffcos. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so now they, so now it's become really cool because before you used to have to fly around with like a rig or right. like a bong, let's just say. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the bong, you'll put like a little nail mm-hmm. or whatever. So the nail is more like a bucket. It looks like a bucket. Right. Or whatever. You have to take a torch. And it's, you know, a lot of people get scared of it because it's like some crackhead shit. Yeah, because you, you look like saying? you fucking yeah, beaming you up see, to Scotty yeah, from New Jack City. Yeah. It's crazy. You know right. What I'm saying? And that's the way you dab for the right. most part. You take the crystals, put it in there, and get it, and you dab it. But now with this Puffco thing, mm-hmm. the technology has changed the game where now it's just something you just turn it on, you click it on to your temperature. Right. And once it gets hot, it'll vibrate. You put your, uh, you put your uh, wax in there, and you go for it. And then... You guys, you fucking out of here. After and then that. you just beam you up to Scotty. Beam you up to Scotty. But it's way safer, brother. Safer. Way safer. safer. Now, um, uh, oh, look. Simone is here. Hi, Simone. Hey, what's up? What's up? How are you? She's late like hey, usual. Simone, That's like what too. she did. The camera was acting like I was like, it was crazy. Okay, whatever. We was in the middle of the podcast when Simone came in. Right. Simone. And we just like walked in. The podcast was already going. It was too. already going, man. We just we, we we strolled in. So I'm gonna ask questions now, and I'm gonna be I'm gonna play the role of the person that is reluctant to embrace marijuana, both recreationally and medicinally. And you give answers. All right. Marijuana is a gateway drug. It leads to a lifestyle of drug use. And bad stuff, it leads to bad habits in the youth. And if we embrace marijuana on a grand scale, we are going to have more drug usage of all other different types of illegal and potentially harmful drugs. What do you say? I would say one that's not true. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying there's no evidence that supports that. Mm-hmm. That's just something that, you know, we've been, people been, you know, poisoning our minds. Mm-hmm about for a very long time right. if you really look at it you know it's right here downtown in la you know all the heroin addicts and crackheads and everything else they actually use cannabis to bring them off to break them of that cycle mm. you know what i'm saying so um that's not true and i would just say you know you just kind of need to educate yourself a little bit more mm. you know what i'm saying um regulating the cannabis market uh will ruin the cannabis market because government regulation always ruins every single industry like this to that you say what i would hope not you know what i'm saying i think regulation uh to me brings the best out of people mm-hmm. you, know what you don't I'm think saying? the quality of the weed will go down if it's regulated by the government uh i don't think so right no i mean i think that the, obviously the quality comes in from like uh People having commercial experience growing, mm-hmm. and I think that would just take some time. So, yes, if right now, today, everyone had to grow in commercial size facilities and stuff, I think the quality would go down for a while, but I think that the learning curve is not that bad. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? It's just pretty much um, figuring out what you can and cannot use mm-hmm. compared to what you used before for pesticides and different things like that. Yeah. Now, with the regulations, you can't just use anything. You know what I'm saying? So, it's once you learn your special little... IP and T's and different things that you can use to, you know, to, to have very good successful harvests. Mm-hmm. I think we'll be all right. I think we should be okay. DUIs and um, under the influence related crimes will spike crazily if you can buy like marijuana out of 7-Eleven or some shit like that. Like a lot of people will wonder about is everybody going to be high all the time right. if they have access to legal 
easy, readily accessible weed? I don't think so. I mean, if that was the case, they'd be high all the time now. Right. It's readily accessible right now. Or they would be drunk all the time. And they'd be, but you look at, you know, a lot of states where cannabis has become legal, DUIs have dropped. Interesting. Because there's not as many people, you know, driving drunk because even liquor sales have dropped anywhere between, you know, 10 and 20% in, in some of these states. All right, we're going to come back to Al in one second. But we got to pay some bills real quick. Today's show is brought to you by Blinkist. In today's age, it can be hard to find the time to sit down and learn more, especially when the likes of social media can be so addictive and time consuming. So you might think that you don't have the time to read a book or to develop yourself. Well, think again. Blinkist is the only app that condenses thousands of nonfiction books into the best key takeaways and need to know information. So you can read or listen to them in just 15 minutes. 8 million people are using Blinkist right now, and it has a massive and growing library. So from self-help to business to health to history books. I like Blinkist because things are happening so fast. And I don't have a lot of time. You know, we work here long hours. I only have two or three times, uh, two or three hours, should I say, uh, at night to do the stuff that I need to do. Blinkist helps me fast track my path to a more intelligent informed and healthy me. A lot of these books on Blinkist I've already read, but I'm still going to um, recommend that you guys read The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. Uh, that is on Blinkist, and it is a real Bible to be able to get through some of the minutia of your world and bring out the best you. I really loved it. Um, as far as like self-help and politics, I still believe that Fire and Fury Inside the Trump White House by Michael Wolff is one of the most informative books about the craziness going on in Washington right now. It's not like you want to leave and read a whole bunch of Trump stuff, I know. But if you only have to devote 15 minutes to it, to knowing exactly how dysfunctional the White House is right now, maybe you won't vote for a celebrity the next time we have an important election. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash pill to start your free seven-day trial. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T. Blinkist.com slash pill to start your free seven-day trial. Blinkist.com slash pill. All right, let's get back to Al. How come you don't talk your shit more about your career? I don't know why. I like, like, like you, like, so li listen, I always knew that Al was, a, we followed the league. So you know that Al is a good player, right? But then you go look at the numbers, and you had a fantastic career. I would, I, I, I would say, but you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't talk your shit about your career. Like you, you really, you really don't. I'm looking at the numbers, and you, you got, you got a dub year in there, seventeen seven. You scoring in this bitch? Well, how come you don't talk your shit? I mean, I could. Everybody know I could get buckets. Everybody called me buckets. Yeah. So I feel like I ain't got to say nothing. You know what I'm saying? But I guess you know I'm so wrapped up into this. I'll be forgetting about basketball, believe it or not. It's funny, like, every time I, I'll, I'll look at, like, you know, Stack Page, Matt Page, BD Page, and they're always, like, putting up highlights of their games and yeah. all that type of stuff. And I'm thinking, like, where do they get that stuff from? I don't know where to get it from. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that has, I just feel like maybe my stuff is, like, in, right, Simone always like, yo, I need highlights. I'm like, I don't know where to get uh, well, Where do you get that? There, well, there is something from. called YouTube where you could probably go in there. I'm but the YouTube, I went on YouTube, and that you stuff look isn't at, clear. Uh, so, I mean, bro, you played in the era where it wasn't as clear. But did you see stacking them stuff? They feel like they played double <laughs> day. <laughs> um, do you miss basketball at all? Uh, 
No. Not at all. I mean, you know, of course I love the hoop, man. So when I go to a man, game, I, I, I found like it. so many. I found, I look at this. Al Harrington, full season two highlights. Al Harrington, 06, 07 highlight reel. That shit looks like it's from 1937. <laughs> Uh, like that, my, my that shit is fuzzy. Al Harrington, forty-one point game versus the Nuggets. You got a lot of shit out, out on the on the whole situation, man. You got a lot of shit out here, but you say you don't miss basketball, though. Of course, I miss it, man. I mean, I love the game. I would love to still be able to go out there and compete. You know right. what I'm saying? But I do. You know, I think that. I'm so busy with Viola, don't give me a chance to miss basketball. Because you got something got else something to do. Else, for real. Now, when did you and Stack start doing this together? When did he come on? So, believe it or not, Stack was my day one, day one investor. Right. Like, day one. Right. Like, he was the first person to give me some bread. And it was some small bread because we were caregivers. So, we just yeah. built out some small 40 light mm-hmm. thing or whatever. So, he was, uh, so that's what, he was 2012. Oh, wow. So the beginning, you guys yeah, started like, together. Yeah, he was like day one. Like, he didn't put up as much as I did. Mm-hmm. He just put in, you know, just to be, you know, be a partner in it. But um, he was day one. What is he like as a business partner? Man, he the most loyal. Yeah. I mean, he repped the brand harder than I do. All right. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, we all I was know just, he's loyal. Yeah, I was just looking at him, looking at his page the other day. And he had, he got the website on his, in his profile. Mm-hmm. I ain't even got it in their mind. Oh. You know what I'm saying? So. He dumb loyal, you know what I'm saying? Smart do you guy. do you think that because you made a lot of money in the NBA, right. you did? Want to tell people how much money you made in the NBA? I made just you know a couple million dollars, man. A couple million dollars. Do you think that you have the possibility to make more money with Viola than you did in the NBA? I don't think it's gonna be close, bro. You think you're gonna make way more money with Viola? Yep. Word. You think you're going to make – and you 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 had some nice contracts, man. Yeah, yeah. So you think you're going to make way more money with Viola. Yeah, I mean, you know, us being like trailblazing, you know, being pioneers in this space, and I think the, the market share that we're grabbing and, you know, the fact that I just think we're doing it for the right reason, so God is looking out for us. Right, because it, it, like it, we yeah. literally, like, I mean, we're going to be a billion-dollar company. Billion-dollar company. For sure. That's what I'm talking about, man. Because, see – we don't talk a lot about that. There are a lot of guys out there. Um, I think it's either Stackhouse or Mashburn. I can't remember which guy it is that's had, like, all of these businesses. Of course, Magic Johnson has had uh, incredible business success after this. But you really do feel like Viola is going to be a billion-dollar company. Yeah, like 1,000%. No hesitation, man. Like, we on our way. That's amazing. That's amazing. Getting in on the ground floor of the whole weed situation is a is a is a big huge deal. Um, now, when you were playing in the league, who was the player that you liked to play against the least? You look at my own fucking I don't fucking feel like dealing with this guy tonight. It was always Zach Randolph. <laughs> <laughs> Why, man? Shout out to uh, Zebo, man. I mean, obviously, you know you had. Super game, right? It was a wrestling match. He was one of them dudes where, like, you could never get him off your body. <laughs> you were like, dog, I'm on offense. And you still on <laughs> Like, what are you doing, bro? <laughs> Yo, he just, I mean, he was one of the most relentless rebounders and just, like, he just, he always was on your body. So mm-hmm. that was the one dude I would sit there like, oh, my God. God we got them on the schedule that. again. Was this, was this? This was this must have been this is Memphis Zach. This was everywhere. He everywhere he went, play, he's always played this since his rookie year when right. he was in Portland. Mm-hmm. That was the first time, you know. And, I, and funny story about Zach Randolph, 
my rookie year in the league, rookie or second year in the league, I was coming through the airport in Indianapolis, and he came up to me. And he was like, what's up, yo? He's like, what's up, man? I'm, he's like, I'm Zach Randall. I'm going to be in the league in a minute. I'm, I'm going to be out there. I'm going to be up there in like in a year or two. Mm. And he was right. He was, he like was still at Michigan high, State? You know, or he, was a, he was a junior in high school. A junior in high school? He ran up on He ran up on me. And he'll tell you the story. Because he went to Michigan State, didn't he? He went to Michigan State. Yeah. He ran up to me in the airport like, yo, I'm going to be up there in a minute. I'm going to be up there in a minute. I'm going to be busting ass, too. He was talking <laughs> shit, too. Like, literally. While he was still in high school. Was, man, the man was 16, 17 years old. What did you think? Go, what was going through your head I ain't knowing. Right. So I just looked like, all right, young fella. You know, I'm uh, right, positive young with him. Yeah. yeah. I'm positive. Like, all right, I'm going to see you. Right. And he he got up there and shit. He might have had a Hall of Fame career. He's doing. You what do you? Well, like, do you like? How much do people? Do you care about like career accolades like that? Do you care about like you know championships? Is there anything that you feel like you didn't do in your career that you wanted to do? Yeah, I mean, of course, you always wanted to win a championship. You right. know what I'm saying? I always wanted to make. Do players really team. care about it? I think they do. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But I think that uh, you know. Everybody's not afforded that real opportunity to really care, right? You know if that makes sense. You know if you play, in, unpack that. If you for play. Me. I'm just saying if you play in, uh, I want to use Charlotte because Mike, my man. Let's say Orlando, right? Because they've been they've been to the final two. You know, one of those teams where like they're they always don't get it, Sacramento, they, they, yeah, yeah. Like they're kind of always playing in the mud. You right. know what I'm saying? So like a kid like De'Arion Fox and Bagley and all them, how can they really truly aspire to win a championship when they don't even have that kind of championship aura around right. the team? Right. You understand what I'm saying? But I think guys that play for like the Lakers, play for Boston, play for now Golden State, like San Antonio, you, San Antonio, like it's in you. Like you, as soon yeah. as you get there, you you get adapted to that championship culture, right? If anything, you know what I'm saying. So, it's yeah, like, can you create that championship culture? I mean, cause like, can you? Can you? Like, how does that happen? How does the championship culture ha- happen? I mean, I, I I think it's luck, and I think it's obviously having good management. You know right. what I'm saying? Because you even think about Golden State. Like when we had our we believe thing there, we still wasn't championship culture. Right. We we changed the culture. We was about winning, about excitement. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But then, until y'all got there, I really never even paid attention to Golden State that much. Right. I mean, I did with like with Hardaway and then, but that was way before. Right. And then you kind of just didn't even think about Golden State as a destination for basketball. Exactly. So we changed it. We got it going, and then they got lucky. They 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 drafted Steph. They drafted Clay. They drafted Draymond. That never you know happens, by the way. Three like to to get your core. Straight out the, draft. out the draft. That don't happen. Only Not other place in the happen. Only other place that happened was Oklahoma City. Right. But they broke up. They so broke it up. They broke it up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that's rare that that happens. You know what I'm saying? So um you can create it, but it's gonna take it takes a LeBron mm-hmm. to go to Charlotte. Right. Now that's championship caliber. Right, yeah. That's championship yeah. or yeah. that's championship swag. You know right. what I'm saying? So sometimes a player is that good that he can bring that, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And right now I look at it like in the league, there's not a lot of those guys either. You know what I'm saying? That bring it's, the championship that culture bring with that, Like if you take them one place, they bring it. You know what I'm saying? And right now the guys that stick out to me is obviously LeBron, Katie, Curry, Steph. Um, Kawhi? Kawhi, I mean, you know, ah, Toronto. you hesitated. No, you know why? I, I was just thinking about it because I was thinking like the support system Kawhi had in San Antonio compared might, to him being admit, by himself. Yeah, you know yeah, what, yeah, yeah. What he's doing in Toronto, it looked like he's one of them too. Now he got to win one, right? You understand know what I'm saying? Or at least get to the finals. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So we can really throw him in there. You know what I'm saying? So those are some of the guys that stick. I may be some others that I'm missing, but. Those are the guys that stick out. Why do people give KD such a hard time, man? I think it's just because he went to the team that beat him during that time. I think so that what? He, I know so what. I mean, it's so what now to me, too. You know, when he first did it, I kind of felt some type of way about it, too. But then, 
you know, I had to really sit back and put on my athlete hat and mm-hmm. remember like how I was when I was in the league in the business of basketball. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Do what's best for you. Get your money. Right. You understand what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, like, and it's just real talk, like, you know, these owners and these general managers, they talk all this shit. They care about us and they put us first and that's all bullshit, man. <laughs> they, only, they only care about us as long as we can do something so, for them. So he put himself first and went to a situation where not only was it about, um, not only was it about uh, uh, being with the team that had a winning culture, but it was also about playing a style of basketball that he liked to play. Right, likes when the ball moves. Mm-hmm. Like, like for example, <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but I get buckets. Right, okay, that's what happens. Right, right. I mean, that's the reality. Is okay. you ask around town, you know what I'm saying? All right, niggas laugh. You ask around town, I get buckets. Okay. But I like to be, I'm not like Bobby, like what your ones look like. Like I, I like to be in a situation where I can be set up to shine. Okay. You know what I'm saying? You need somebody to set your table. A little bit. Right. I'm kind of like a dirk. Like I'm inside, outside, just to kind of hold the whole thing. So you're not a true bucket getter if you need somebody to set That's your table. That's not true. Like when I get it in my hands, I get buckets. You know what I'm saying? I just, you know. You like an open shooter? No, I'm not like an open shooter. I just want to understand your game before okay, I answer the question. Okay, okay. So, so, so it's not like I'm an open shooter, but I will say this. Like, it's not like I, I wish we could call somebody. If, if I get the ball, I'm going to I'm 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 shine, but I'm not incredibly creative with the rock in my hand. Okay, so let me ask you this. So are you one of those guys, if you anything over two dribbles is a turnover? It, it, it's going to get close to that. Like, okay, like, I like but I played with guys like you before. Right, right. I get it. Right. What I'm saying is that if I get it out, if I get the ball beyond the arc, if I'm taking two dribbles, I'm going to pull up and I'm going to shoot. Right. I'm really not going to beat you off the dribble and get to the basket. Okay. But if I get that bitch free throw line and in, right. I'm all kinds of creative, man. Skepticism. This nigga's looking at me like I can't even dribble the fucking <laughs> basketball. Yeah, I, but I want these are the guys you want respect from. You right, know what? This who you need respect from is from us. Like these are the guys you want respect from. I'm telling you, bro. You go out to your local gym and you bust ass all morning to the point to where as soon as you walk in the gym, niggas go, hey, I got Van. Hey, I got Van. No, 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 no. Don't matter. Be in a pro game, get one bucket. One bucket. Al, hit me with the pass. I shoot a wide open three. It goes in. Nigga, put my jersey in the fucking rafters. I scored with these guys. Your form looked good, though. I like that was... Gooseneck, the whole bro. I got nice. No, don't see you fucking over me right now. No, no, I'm just. <laughs> looks, right. So, so it looked like Lonzo shit. Lonzo, my guy. <laughs> um. So when you're saying, so when you're looking at guys that bring championship culture, uh, do you feel like the game has changed to where there's so few of those guys right now that they're being overvalued in the league? Because it seems like everybody is doing so much. Like the Lakers, and this podcast will run in a couple of weeks, so the trade might have been made by this point. But the Lakers are looking to trade the entire franchise plus the logo, plus all the money they have in the bank, plus the memory of Dr. Buss, plus all of that stuff right there for, for Anthony Davis. Are we overvaluing the one single superstar now more than we ever have in the league? Uh, yes. You know what I mean? Especially with teams that are trying to win it. You right, know what I'm saying like you got to do drastic things to you know to have that type of impact. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I don't think they should give up all the players you were saying to get them, right. because then that sets them back. They got to play with somebody. You right, know what I'm saying the only thing I could think of is that if they do do it, 
the good thing about it is like all the veterans that can play still will want to come here. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I look at like they'll need shooting, right? So I feel like Danny Green is probably out of Toronto mm, for sure. He'll yeah, come yeah, yeah. to L.A. Yeah, sure. You know what I'm saying? Especially because of the taxes and all mm, other. He'll better come fucking climate. Yeah. Better climate, the entire thing. Uh, I don't know if maybe uh, like not Mike Dunleavy, but the other one that can shoot. Kyle Korver, let's yeah. just say. Mm -hmm. He'll be a free agent. He'll probably come here to L.A. with Bron. You know what I'm saying? So mm. that will help them out and he'll have the veterans that he needs to win. But at the end of the day, I think Kuzma, I think B. Ingram, I think those two, I think you should keep one of them. Right. You can't you know get rid saying? of both I of those guys. Can, I, don't, I think getting rid of both of them will s set them back somehow. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, like when you got the baddest man on the planet in LeBron James and you got to win right now, mm -hmm. you do what you got to do. You if you start a team right now, all-time team, but you start your team with LeBron or Jordan? I'm going to start it with Jordan. Okay. Obviously. A lot of guys that say they started with LeBron now. Of course. I mean, I still, I, okay, so I still think, I think LeBron is the best basketball player ever. Better than Michael Jordan. He's the best all around basketball player ever. So LeBron James is better than Michael Jordan. He's not better than Michael Jordan. He's just better at being the best player ever. <laughs> Well, right. listen to that. Game. So he's not better than Michael Jordan, but he's just be better at being the best player. He's just better because he's 6'9". Right. Because he, you know what I'm saying? Because he could just do so many other things that mm -hmm. Michael physically wasn't able to do. So right. you got to give him that. You okay. know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, like, he can go guard centers and he and be effective. And Jordan couldn't, and Jordan Jordan couldn't, couldn't do, do that. that. Right. But at the end of the day, like, if I need just scoring and just that dog and that, I'm going with Mike all day. Like, right. Mike is the greatest player to ever play. Is there a difference between day. better and greater? Because, see, I think someone can be better than somebody else, but somebody else could be greater than that person. Yeah, I agree with that. So you would say that LeBron James is better and Michael Jordan is greater. He's just greater. He's greater. He's greater. Why, why in basketball, as hoop fans, do we need to do this? I don't know, man, especially with the game of basketball because, like, I was just talking to uh, somebody who was at my house yesterday for football. Like, with football, right, mm -hmm. when you say, like, Tom Brady's the greatest of all time, mm -hmm. like, that's justifiable, really, mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, quarterbacks are forever going to go, Hut! Yeah, they're going to go back, they're going to hand it off, or they're going to throw it, right. right? With basketball, it's so much, it's like, you know, you can, like, now I look at these high school, I, I follow something called, like, uh, uh, overtime. I follow that too. Yeah. And like you see these kids like hitting their heads on the backboards. Can I be honest with you? When I was in high school, if you could do a 360, that was the holy fucking grail. Like the, the, the I don't understand what these little motherfuckers are eating, bro. That's my point, like 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 bro. I'm like, I'm see if you could three like I'm talking about dudes have bounce. If you could 360 bring a windmill to it, that was I Yo. saw a dude, bro. These these little these little guys they are out of this world. In between they they doing three sixty behind the back in the game, Bruh, bro. In in game, they look as players. They look different. Like they 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 don't the players don't they look a little bit different. So that's what I'm saying. So like Zion, right? Even though Zion, I even his name Zion, whatever. Like at the end of the day, he's not as good as LeBron, right? But right. he has the physical tools, right, to be better than LeBron. Like mm. LeBron never jumped that high, right? Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. so it's all I'm saying is like God took an athlete in LeBron James that we kind of saw and was like, wow. Mm -hmm. We never seen nothing like it. So right. now we have this kid at Duke yeah. that is doing things better than LeBron did. Yeah. From just, a just physical standpoint. From a physical standpoint, a lot of the stuff that Zion does at that size, I've never even like even when he was in high school, it just don't it, it really doesn't make any sense, bruh. 
Like, and he's he's creative. He's strong. Do you think he'll be a successful NBA player? I think so. I think from what I heard about him, I heard he works. If he works, for sure. If he if he got a work ethic and he love the game and he want to spend time in the gym and all that, mm-hmm. he will be a very good. What's NBA that player. thing though? This is this is what I mean. That thing that we can't see. That thing that we can't see that makes some guys succeed and makes other guys not. Some one guy that'll have all the tools. I'm gonna be honest with you. There's some guys who just know how to score. Right. And you can't even. What was the guy from Sacramento back in the day had the crazy looking jump shot? Um, oh, uh, Kevin Martin. Kevin Martin. If you look at Kevin Martin, he could. There was really no reason you couldn't quantify why right. he was a dope. He could just score. I'm gonna use another person we just talked about, Kawhi. Mm-hmm. Like look at like just his demeanor. Right. Everything about him. He's never in a rush. Right. Gets to his spot. Gets to his spot. He's shoots the ball. Never raw run. He never, never. Yep. It's like. I think that some people, God give them that. It's like a, it's like a, they see the game slower. Yeah. I think, you know what I'm saying? So, I, cause, I, cause, I get, cause I can't say like games where I caught fire mm-hmm. and like I had a game, like the game was slower. Yeah. It was like everything I was looking, I was like, oh. Shit. That's you know what it's working. Yeah. And I think some of these guys just got it every night. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's just they've been blessed to have that every single night. Mm-hmm. And I think that, like you said, is like guys like, you know, a Kevin Martin, um, definitely Kawhi. Because Kawhi, I'm telling you, I look at him and I've watched him work out and everything. And I'm just like, damn, how is he that dominant? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But he go out there and he get it done and he does it his way. You and know the I'm thing saying? about Kawhi is that very – like Kawhi didn't start off his NBA career as a dominant scorer. Right. And very rarely does a guy come in and you – you go okay. Jimmy Butler kind of the same way. Yeah, Jimmy's a good one. Like, too. like, very rarely does a guy come in. and You go okay. Well, this guy doesn't really get buckets. He does other things. Right. And then all of a sudden, he's scoring. Right. Like it. it like Kawhi now is every time he shoots that flicked ass looking jumper. I'm like that shit not going in. That right. shit is going in, bro. And think about it. We still don't respect him as a scorer. You don't think so? No. I'm t- I'm telling you, like the league, the homies. They still don't respect him as a scorer. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. still just like Kawhi just doing it. He's just getting it done. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But like he really out there busting ass. Where does Kobe fit in, bro? How come people forgetting about Kobe? We don't forget about Kobe. Kobe. I think, I think what happened with Kobe was I think that you know Kobe just had issues throughout his career mm-hmm. that made people not love him. You right. know what I'm saying? I think that I love Kobe. I mean, yeah, you love him. I think everybody from L.A. really love him, but I think abroad, most people don't love him, right? Mm-hmm. And I think some people here in L.A., like, I think that the fact with him and Shaq, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? He got all the blame for that. Like, you ran Shaq out of town. You know what I'm he saying? He did, though. That just made people just not love him as much, yeah. even though he still got two more right. after the fact and all that. I think, obviously, the bullshit rape thing, yeah. you know what I'm saying? That, that obviously doesn't help. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I think just because he had, like, some outside things, is what kind of affected his overall greatness. If you were like, starting a team, like, would you take Kobe or LeBron? I would. It depends on what kind of team I have. I got if I had. You don't even know the team. No, you right got, you now, got a okay, list. If these young players now, with the way these they babies or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like because they just come from that <laughs> era of AAU. They've been baby. You know what I'm saying? So right. you can't talk down to them. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I'm picking LeBron. Right. Because Kobe's such a killer, he going to be in there like, what the fuck? Shut the fuck up. Dude. And I yeah. don't think they can handle it. Right. Over the whole course of a career, do you feel like any era, multiple eras, 
Do you feel like a team that t- a, a, a team that took Kobe first or a team that took LeBron first will win more championships? That's like mm, that's a really good question, man. I Who's be- gonna have more success? A team with Kobe as the main guy or a team with LeBron as the main guy? That's tough, man. I'm gonna have to say Kobe. Mm. I had to say Kobe. Yeah. LeBron is just so good. LeBron man. is good, bro. Can't I mean, be, when you put be. the numbers, don't lie, man. When you like, you they know, whenever, they, whenever you say something about him, you go and look, and he's 45, I, 18, let me tell you 14. Like, just, I, I think that this is a – I think there's a knock on LeBron James, and I'm going to tell you what the knock is. The knock is it's too easy. Like, And I'll tell you, I, I, I'm serious. Kobe gets the ball. Kobe dribbles. Kobe shoots a very deep three. Kobe gets the ball. He does – Three or four moves in the post, up and under, he scores. Right. Kobe's working. Right. You sometimes when Kobe was in his younger days, when he's got a little older, he started pounding the ball a lot to get it shot. Mm-hmm. But in his younger days, Kobe would run around, get to his spot, boom, he gets hit, boom, whatever. You can see Kobe working. You can right. see AI working. You can right. see these guys working. LeBron could be in a game and have 25 points, uh, 11 assists. And six rebounds, and you'll be like, LeBron James really isn't putting his imprint on this game. And the reason why it feels that way is because it's so easy. Yeah, he's like, it, it like it's it like he's 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 scoring when he wants to score. He's passing when he wants to when he wants to pass. When LeBron really really works, it's evident because the numbers are now fucking insane. Right, they're crazy. The game just comes so easy to him. Sometimes it seems like it's hard for people to. To appreciate it a little bit. Yeah, I agree with you on that because it, it, it is relatively easy for him. But, you know, I just think that, you know, the reason why I give LeBron so much credit is because he's the first athlete of any generation to have that kind of hype since eighth grade. Yeah. Like, they've been saying he's the number one pick since eighth grade. Like, mm-hmm. he's been living with being the number one pick. There's only one other guy. Who was it? Gretzky. And Gretzky. Wayne Gretzky got that, that nickname, the great one, when he was like nine years old. Wow. Think about it. You're yeah. nine. The great one. And they call you the great one. Right. So the so right. So he has one other athlete. One even like Mike came on late, essentially. Yeah. But the, the thing with LeBron Gretzky, we didn't hear about it, right? It just happened. But with LeBron, they go, Oh, here's this kid, LeBron James. And then he he like he let it. He became him. everything we all thought he you know what I'm saying? That what they were saying. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? But then, like I said, I think he's been scrutinized so much because I remember I remember partaking in conversations like, Yeah, LeBron ain't got no wiggles. Like, he ain't got no <laughs> – he don't. He didn't. Right. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, now he's dribbling the ball a little bit more, doing a little something, yeah. something. But he, like, he goes to that spin move all the time. I don't know why y'all niggas won't jump that spin move. had nothing. Right. He never had, but he still was getting averaging 25 a season. Yeah. He said he couldn't shoot. Right. Now he out here knocking, knocking down, down threes. deep threes. So that's, that's the other thing you got to give him. He's getting better at He's like mm-hmm. fine wine. Like, right. you, you know, now he wants to drink wine all the time. And he's acting like wine. Wine, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's getting better and he's adding to his game yeah. after 15, 16 seasons. Like, you've never seen nothing like him before. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. that's why I feel like the biggest thing is like, Embracing the greats, like enjoy it. Like stop trying to compare him to Mike. Yeah. Enjoy what he's doing. Him and Mike are just two totally different players. Mike Ooh. went to that stage six times. He's unblemished. Right. He won all six. If he didn't have his little hiatus doing the baseball, probably would have been eight. It might have been eight. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that really solidifies him. But then I always then you always go back to like the number of championships don't you know, dictate how great you was. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because it takes five players. You know, right. I could be Michael Jordan, but you put Michael Jordan on whoever the worst team, the Knicks, 
the Knicks is not they, – they'll come out, they'll get in the playoffs, but right. they're not winning it. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it takes – you know, it's like the perfect storm to be able to be in position to be that dominant. I get it. You know it. what I'm saying? But LeBron has really, like – I mean, at the end of the day, wherever he goes, like I feel like even here with the Lakers, like they're a playoff team. And the way I broke it down was this: I said any team, like you look go through the Western Conference, right? Any team that only has one All Star, the Lakers are better than. Period. I don't mm. care. I don't care about their supporting cast. Yeah. Nothing. Because right. LeBron is that dominant. He's like two All Stars by himself. Right. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. when you go through the Western Conference, you stop. You go. You go Golden State. You go Houston. And you go uh, Oklahoma City, right. right? And then you can go San Antonio, potentially. I don't know if DeMar made it or not. I can't right. remember if DeMar DeRozan made it or not. Those four teams, all the rest of the teams, so I, that's why I felt they was always going to be a fourth or fifth seed, yeah. even from the beginning of the season. Right. I was like, because any LeBron is that good. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You see until he got hurt. Until he got hurt, they, they was, was really, really really doing their thing. They was right there. Um, who is the best white player you ever played with? Best white player? Best white boy. With. Uh... By the way, when I say white boy, I mean American white player. I'm not talking about overseas. Overseas. Who's the best white player you ever played with? So white boys I played with was JJ Reddick. Okay. Austin Crozier. Ooh, Austin Crozier. Get that money, Austin Crozier. Yeah, he got the bag. Yeah. <laughs> he got the bag. Uh, it would have to be JJ Reddick. JJ Reddick is the best white player you ever played with. Damn, let me just think one more time. Because you think about this, bro. Chris Mullen. You played with Chris Mullen? I played with Chris Mullen. Nigga, then why the, the like, yeah. Chris Mullen. I, I had to think, man. Chris like, Mullen, like, 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 20 years ago. <laughs> Chris Mullen. But Chris Mullen's an all-time great. So he don't count? I mean, he counts. Fred Hoiberg? Hoiberg. I played with Fred Hoiberg. We getting dumbass white now. <laughs> I played with Mark Pope. Oh, my Lord. I Kentucky. Right, let's, let me tell you something about Y'all don't remember this. Like these, we this we going in the white rabbit hole because when we start bringing up Austin Crozier, Austin Crozier had a good playoff series. I think the next year they came back and gave him like fifty million dollars or something like that. They gave him 48, 49 million. 48, 40, and we thought Austin Crozier. I'm like, yo, man, Austin Crozier about to be the shit. Never heard from fucking Austin Crozier again, man. Right. Shout out to Austin Crozier. Yeah, he by the way. right around the corner. Too. Oh, does he? Yeah, Shout out to him. Shout out to Austin. Get your money, by the get way. All that bread. Get your get your bread. Um, in the NBA, I'm serious. I'm not hating on Austin Crozier at all. I, I, it was funny with Austin Crozier with that uh that that Pacers video though, because Austin Crozier didn't kind of know what to do in that situation. He didn't know like what well, what's happening here, guys. Um, like he didn't know what to do when the shit really started popping. Um, when you're in the NBA and you look at a white boy guarding you, do you think, oh, this is time to eat, or is it like at, in the NBA level, is it all like, it's like everybody here who, who can play? Do you look like, yo, I got I think white. everybody, yeah, but I, I look at them a little. I might have that look in my eye with them. <laughs> <laughs> See that look I'm giving you? Yeah. Like, that's how I look at you if we play right now. Damn, bro. I'm telling you. Boy, I'm a, hey. I'm just like right to the cup. Like right to the cup. Eh. So when you see a white boy, you're like, ah, this this going to go on the Jack 0607 highlight reel. Yeah, I feel like I'm going to do something special. But you know, <laughs> a lot of times, a lot of times, a lot of times, you would think like, you think kind of like they might be slow afoot. Right. So you don't really try to get to too much mix. Right. You're just trying to use Just go uh, straight to the hoop. Yeah, it's just like. I'm you don't even give them your best system. shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> go straight, like, you don't even give them your best shit. You go just straight to the hoop. You try to go straight to the cup. Um, You play for a gang of teams, by the way. Pacers, Hawks, Pacers again, Warriors, Knicks, Nuggets, Orlando Magic, Washington Wizards. Orlando didn't count. Why didn't Orlando count? Because that was just a shit 
situation. Right. I was hurt, and it was a bad organization at that time. If you if you had your choice to take take one of these teams and play with them your entire career, which situation would it be? Uh, I'm gonna say the Pacers. The Pacers. I get so much love there, man. I didn't I didn't have to get traded. You know what I'm saying? I, I started that spiral myself. Cause uh, you know they wanted me to be a six man, like they wanted me to embrace that Lou Will kind of Jason Terry role, right? which is something that is is which is something people don't know. It used to be the six man was kind of a different thing. Now the six man is praised a lot. Now you can get your mix being so a six man. So I was right in that era mm-hmm. where it was changing to that, right? But I was still raised in the era where you got to be a starter. You got to be a starter. If you going to be if you going to be if you going to be one of them dudes, right. You got to hear your name every night. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, I went for that and I ended up they ended up sending me to Atlanta, which was I went thir- I went from winning 61 games in 2003-04 season. All right. To the 2004 and 5 season, I won lucky number 13. Damn. 13. Let me tell you Van, how crazy it was. <laughs> We had a losing streak so long. I'll never forget this, bro. I can't remember who we beat. That's the only I can't. I can't remember who we beat. But whoever we beat on Sports Center that night, they showed all the things that had happened in the world since we last won a game. <laughs> Dog, it was like Super Bowl, Grammys, Oscars. They was running down all the things all right. that had happened. Earthquakes, all kind of shit. All right. <laughs> Natural disasters. Bro, that's how bad we was. But though. see, a lot of times when we watch the games, we wonder, because y'all getting paid so much money, we wonder if y'all care about winning as much. You're making so much money. Does losing streaks like that, did they really bother you? Oh, to the- hell yeah. I mean, you can get numb to it after a while where you just realize, like, what, you know, if anything, I don't think it's that you don't care. Like, I think it gets you to the point where you kind of quit. Right. You just look at that. You like you start looking at the schedule. Like, damn. Okay, San Antonio, Toronto, yeah, Boston, lost, (laughs) Indiana, (laughs) L.A. It's like, damn. And then you see like that one team, Cleveland. And then you're like, oh shit, baby, we we really got to get it in on Cleveland. We got to get. And they beat our ass too. (laughs) (laughs) I'm saying. So then you like start looking at the schedule. Mm -hmm. Like we might not win. I'm not gonna lie to you, bro. I uh, yo, listen, bro. I thought we wasn't gonna win another game. That's why I had got I had got that deep. <laughs> I was like, "Is nobody nobody we no, can nobody beat? we can beat? Is nobody no. right? We're gonna be stuck on nine games. You are gonna go nine and <laughs> what sixty something? That would be crazy. Seventy two. So, nine, nine and seventy. Damn. Seventy three. Right. Seventy three. Nine and seventy three. The reverse bad, Warriors. The we, we, we matched the worst record in the history of basketball. I think it was like Milwaukee had it. We're tied with them. Mm-hmm. So that was miserable, bro. So that was one of those things where I learned the grass ain't always green on the other side. Yeah. Um, I guess the one blessing was that I wasn't there for the malice in the palace. Right. I'm sure I would have ran up there, you know, running at the jack. Yeah. So that would cost me millions of dollars. You right. know what I'm saying? But when you when you was when you was watching the malice at the palace, and we don't have to get into a whole malice at the palace thing, it's been done to death. But what was you, what was going through your mind when you was? So watching I was in the movie watching National Treasure. <laughs> Shout out wife. to Nicolas Cage. Right, I'm in there, and my phone started going crazy. So everybody called, I'm not answering, obviously, but my mom called, so mm-hmm. answering for my bed. So I'm like, Mom, what up? She like, where you at? I'm like, I'm in the movie. She like, the Pacers is fighting the entire stadium. They fighting everybody. I said, what? She said, they fighting everybody. So I, I'm so nosy, mm-hmm. we left the movie. <laughs> I was like, hey, come on, we got to find a TV. Right. And we left, and we drove out. I was in, in, uh, I was in Atlanta, obviously. And we drove to a sports bar, mm-hmm. and that shit was all on TV. And I was just like, I couldn't, but be- I couldn't believe it. They played it at the club. 
We was at the club in Baton Rouge. We was at the we were at the club, and they had these big screens at the club. You know, they played the mass P wobble wobble yeah. shake it shake, and they played the video. And all of a sudden, we look up there. I'm like, and they cut the music. I'm like, yo, what the fuck is this? That was crazy. It was insane. Bro. That was crazy. Jack was doing work. Yeah, Jack was in, he got his he got his on. Jack was Jack his was doing worth. work somewhere. That dude that ran up in that pisses jersey bag. I don't know what this nigga was thinking. He got to be telling people the story all the time. <laughs> Steven Jackson. Like, like, he, he was like an animal. This guy was just like this big, this tall. Like, you, know, you know, he tell the story. Got to be crazy, like, right? bro. You never. I stood up to this fucking guy. I was like, bro. yo, man, this is our fucking town, Motor City, bro. Like, well, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, what? They crazy in Detroit. Until Shout he out to Detroit. Me. And then that was it. <laughs> that was it. Um. So, when you were in the NBA doing your thing, like. Did you take anything? Did you use any of the prescription drugs that they had available there to deal right. with some of the pain that you might have had from some injuries? Yeah, so I took anti-inflammatories. So I took Celebrex, I took Indocin, and uh, I actually took Celebrex for seven years straight. What is? I don't know what Celebrex so it's an anti, is. It's an anti-inflammatory. Okay. And side effects is like, uh, you know, like holes in your kidneys. And holes in your like, kidneys? Yeah, like shit in your liver. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's all the quick shit they say on these commercials when the you're like, fine print. yeah, they show everybody fucking riding a horse down the beach, and then they go, just to let you know, this drug will eat holes in your liver. Exactly. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah, bro. So I was on that seven and a half years, bro. Two in the morning, one at night. You know what Damn. I'm saying? Like that's what made me feel good. You know, and it's funny because you you such and such a vicious cycle. You don't even realize what you're doing, but at the end of the day, you know what you're doing. You providing. At the end of the day, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying. I knew early. You know, I'm first generation money in my family. You know what I'm saying? It's no secret. You understand what I'm saying? So I knew I had to make as much as I could while I could. Because you came straight out of high school, I right? Came right out of high school. You know what I'm saying? Because I knew, you know, and it, and I think it's helped me like even in business is like I have this I have this thing about like I can't sleep at night. You know what I mean? And I can't because I'm I'm always thinking there's somebody out that's not sleeping. It's somebody mm. that's like still working. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that was always like the way I approached my career. I always felt like this rookie that's we about to sign, the Jonathan Bender we just drafted, or who uh the Danny Granger we just drafted. Shout like, out to Danny Granger. They man. want my spot. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I had to do everything I could to make sure they ain't get my spot. Yeah. You know, and that's the same thing with my approach with Viola. It's like always like what's next? How can we be a better company? How can we get more notoriety? How can we continue to like just push our message? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And um you know that's just that's just that's just what I'm on. You Can you perform? Because like you say, you took those other drugs. Do you think it's reasonable to believe that you can perform at a high level in the NBA while um, having smoked marijuana? I think so. You know what I mean. I think that you just have to you have to just be responsible. I think it's the same thing as with liquor. What's the difference? You know what I'm saying. What's the difference in sitting at home and drinking 15 Grey Gooses and cranberries? 15, damn. Or 10. Whatever Ten, damn boy, <laughs> five, <laughs> four, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Anyway, but you know, yeah. what I'm saying? at the end of the day, like, what's the difference? Because you're drinking it because you're you're searching for a feeling, you're searching for some type of relaxation yeah. and everything, right? But we also know that, you know, with liquor, there is no medicinal benefits of it. No medicinal benefits, and it also has adverse effects on your body. And it has adverse effects on your body. And I look at like when I think about my career, right? I've had more teammates, or I know of more NBA players that have had issues with. Alcoholism mm -hmm. than guys that smoke weed. Right. You know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, guys like, that have drank their way out the league as opposed to guys who have smoked their way out the league. I know a, a lot. 
Right. I mean, a, a, a lot. I mean, I had a one teammate quit in the middle of the season because he grabbed the train. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, and you're promoting that. That's okay. That's running ads in the stadium and mm -hmm. all that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, like I said, it's just people just get into the point when they realize that cannabis is not is not a drug. I, I, I consider it to not even be a drug. You know what I'm saying? Food's a drug. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can smoke as much weed as you want. You can't die. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You eat yourself to death. Definitely can. You can drink yourself to death. Definitely can. And you can take them pills until you Definitely take can. You know what I'm saying? But with cannabis, you can't do none of that. You know what I'm saying? When I, you know, what are the side effects of cannabis? You know, most people that come with this whole, your brain doesn't develop this, that, and the third, there's no real evidence of that. To support that, yeah. You can't support it. So stop make, stop lying. And my whole thing is like, okay, but then you can't say that it doesn't happen either. And that's right. where we need to, as a country, get on board and let's start doing the testing and let's really find out. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we have people that's out here that's living every day that's dealing with a lot of real shit and they use cannabis and their lives are okay and they're much better off. Their quality of life is through the roof. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Compared to taking these opioids and different things like that. So I think it's something to be said that we need to put dollars and put energy and effort into finding out how powerful this plant really is. Because like I said, I think it's the most dynamic plant in the world because mm. it, it does everything. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, we can smoke it. We can eat it as an edible, but we can make our clothing. It can build roads. Mm. Uh, you know, even like, you know, with hemp, it, 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 it cleans up contamination sites. Yeah. All kind of, like, this plant is amazing. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And God put it here for But you love weed. Al, this is amazing. Oh, like, dude, you, you are really passionate about this, and bro. And I'm late to the party. And that's why I feel like I got to go even harder. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Because I got I to gotta earn my keep. I got to earn my respect in this game. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Because literally 10 years ago, I was one of them dudes that looked down on my teammates that smoke weed. Uh, a fool. I, I was a fool. Right. I was a fool, bro. You know what I'm saying? So now I'm trying to earn. I'm trying to let people know, like, nah, this is. I, my eyes have been open. I want to open yours. Mm. You What's the what highest saying? you've ever been? The highest I've ever been was uh, <laughs> was an edible. Oh, Twice. of course. Of course. So I'm going to tell you both stories. I'm going to give you the short, the fast story. So mm -hmm. one time I was in, both times I was in the Hamptons, right? First time in the Hamptons, driving to a house party, and uh, the guy that I was hanging out with, he opens up his thing, and he has these brownies in there, mm -hmm. right? So he tell me they're weed brownies. I'm like, well, how strong are they, right? He's like, right. no, not that strong, blah, 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 blah. So I start popping the weed brownies. But I'm mm -hmm. hungry. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I hadn't eaten. So by the time I get to the party, bro, I'm, so the guy that was having the party, I went up to his room, whatever, just let him know I was there, but he had like a thousand people there. So I go upstairs, he's actually in the shower, right? Mm -hmm. So he's in the shower, I was like, all right, I'll, I'll come back, or whatever. So as I'm turning around to walk back out of his room, I just felt like the room started closing in on me. <laughs> right? So I'm like, so I run out the door, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. So I go downstairs, and like everybody just like faces, just like like everybody. Yeah, like, it was one of them. Yeah. So I was just like, oh shit! So then next thing I start feeling my heartbeat. Yeah. Yeah. Start beating like, don't. Mm hmm. I said I'm about to die. I'm about it's over. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I said I'm uh, literally about to die. Yeah. So you know you go through the whole thing. Everybody's been through. God, you ever you let me get through this? Yeah. I'll, I'll never, never smoke again. I never touch this stuff again. again. Yeah. I went through all of that and I uh, went outside because my heart started being so slow. I went outside and I felt like I had to keep moving. So right. I boxed. So boxing is one of my hobbies. I box as well. And I went out and I shadow boxed for like 30 <laughs> minutes. And all the drivers <laughs> was just out there just looking at me like, what <laughs> the fuck is going on? I'm out there. I just had to just keep myself moving. And then the second time, same thing. 
Um, but this time I had a, a, a it was like a gummy or something or whatever, and mm -hmm. it was one. Of the, it was like, and this is part of the industry growing. Like somebody just gave me a gummy. I had no packaging, so mm -hmm. I don't know if it was twenty five, fifty, a hundred, whatever. I ate it. Right. And this time, same thing, but I felt like I was melting from within. <laughs> So I went and sat. We was at this big party, so they had these industrial fans, like right. fans like huge. And uh, I, went, I felt like I was melting from within. Bro, I went and sat in front of it, right? <laughs> and next, you know, I'm sitting there, right? I'm just sitting there, and then like the hand of God touched me. All right. It was like boom, it touched me. I looked. It was Michael Strahan. Oh. He's like, big fella, you all right? <laughs> Let's walk around. <laughs> and he walked me around. He saved my life. Wow. Because I thought I was going to melt. Yeah. Straight, straight came and touched me and said, you all right, big fella? Well, let's walk around a little bit. You you want to hear my story? Yeah, let me hear it. Okay, so last NBA All-Star game, we had two NBA, NBA players that have a weed company. They came here to the office. And they gave us these packets around that, that thing. They have a company. And in these packets, they had three cookies. Okay. Now, I was going to a party that Friday. These guys who I trust, they played in the league for a long time. I consider both of these guys to be my homeboys. Right. So um, I'm going to this party, and I'm hungry. The party is in Beverly Hills. So it's three cookies. And I'm, not, I'm new to edibles. Right. And these are my guys, man. These are dudes that we've all seen for a long time. You know them both very, very well. Right. And I eat one of the cookies, which is a chocolate chip cookie. I'm like, yo, this cookie tastes good. So then I eat the second cookie, which is another chocolate chip cookie. That one was good, too. I ate a third cookie. Wow. Which was like some sort of snickerdoodle or something like that. Bomb. Bomb. Cookie off the fucking chain. I'm like, okay, I'm feeling a little bit better now. So at this point, I'm now, because I'm eating while I'm on the way. At this point, I stopped the car at this Beverly Hills place that I'm at. And I have the keys to the car in my hand. And something starts to happen to me. And what starts to happen to me is, my you know how my eyes just got big? I feel like my eyes are getting big and they're extending back into my skull. <laughs> like my eyes won't stop getting big. So I get, to the, I get to this party and shout out to Dennis Graham, shout out to Laura, shout out to Dame Dash, shout out to Styles, who I walked up to and called Jadakiss, because that's how high I was. And I'm in this bitch, and I remember I'm talking to Dennis, and these were your cookies, motherfucker, by the way. And, 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 like, and, I, and I'm talking to Dennis, and Dennis goes, man, are you okay? I was like, why? He's like, you're slurring your speech right now. And I was like, I'm what? And then my, Laura looks at me, she goes, yo, man, what's going on? I'm like, yo, I, I ate three. She's like, you ate three of them? And then all of a sudden, it's like that thing that happens. When somebody tells you how high you are, your body realizes it. Right. And the next thing you know, Van from TMZ is sitting down there, and I'm like this, and there's people around me fanning me, fanning me, and I fell asleep. <laughs> At the party. At the party. Woke up a little bit later. They were cleaning that bitch up. Oh, you slept through the whole party? Yeah. That's but they, but also, hey, hey, hold on, that's that Viola bitch. That's that Viola right there. <laughs> but also, you know why they let me sleep? Because they could, they, they, nobody wanted me to drive. Right. So, but I, and I and I thought to myself after I was like, yo, that, that shit was that right. was that. Shout was dope. out to Butter Babies too. Can that, that's what that was. They, they actually they the ones that uh, made the cookies. Man, them cookies taste too good. Yeah, that's the highest I ever been. We got butter coming out too, baby. We are gonna make everything. Highest man. ever been. Fuck with that Viola. So listen, 
Tell people before we get out of here um, about the brand, where they can get it, your message, um, you know, what, what, what you want people to take away from your involvement in the cannabis industries and how you are going to empower young people. Because I think that's so powerful, bro. Yeah. I think what you're doing with young people on these college campuses and also, you know, anytime you give somebody another industry to consider, bro. Anytime you give somebody else, uh, a young person, another industry, uh, uh, a booming industry, an indu- uh, 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 industry that's up and coming, I-, I think that's amazing. So tell people how they can be involved, where they can get the product. Um, it's right here. Um, and how they can maybe petition or get involved to maybe bring something like this to their college where they're from. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, you could just follow us on social. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So you could follow me, Al Harrington 3, and then you could follow the company at Viola.Lifestyles. But... You know, at the end of the day, you know, what we're what we trying to create is, like I said, you know, we want to be that brand that, um, you know, change the game, change the industry, change the, the, the stigma. You know what I'm saying? We want to be that company where people know, like, we care about the patients. You know what I'm saying? We put the patients first and we put in the industry first. You know what I'm saying? We understand what this industry has been through and we're trying to you know, change change the way people feel about it. And we're gonna do it one, you know, one person at a time, one product at a time. You know, we feel like every time someone try Viola package or a, a product, excuse me, that they will have an experience where they will wanna try something else. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah. only good for the industry. Sure. You know what I'm saying? I, I always say like, I don't, I don't hate on no brand, mm-hmm. even if I know for sure they suck. You right. know what I'm saying? I won't say it, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, it's all pushing the industry forward. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? It's continuing to knock down barriers. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, that's what I want Viola to be known as, is, you know, a company that really cared, um, cared about, um, you know, black and brown. You know what I'm saying? I think that's something that's very important because, like I said, you know, I feel like, you know, sometimes, you know, our representation is so small and minute. You know what I'm saying? Where I just feel like we need more of a presence. And, sure. You know, and I, and I feel like if we can find a way to come together, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? I feel like we could be, you know, we could be cold. You know what right. I'm saying? We could be really good at, in this industry. So, you know, I think those are some of the things that are, like, you know, really important to me. And, you know, like I said, the one thing you can always know is when you get Viola, it's always going to be high quality. Gotcha. You know Before I let you go, one more thing I want to ask you. Where are you at with your lobbying, advocating with the NBA? How far along, how far away do you feel like the NBA is um, from embracing marijuana, uh, um, both medically and recreationally, for its players? I think it's close. You think know, it's I'm close? actually, I'm actually going to uh, to uh, the winter meetings with the NBA this year mm. to actually talk to the players about cannabis. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Educate them about CBD. Um, just talk to them about, you know, if they do get to the point where they want to start thinking about investing, you know, some of the things that they should think about, you know what I'm saying, before doing that. So with that being said, that lets you know they're already thinking about doing something. Right. You know what I'm that saying? That they've invited you and embraced you to come out there. And embrace me. I mean, I know I'm one of their own, but, you know, you know, still a banned substance in the NBA. You right. You know what I'm saying? But you think they'll ever, when, when is the new CB, there's, there's a new? I think it's three more years. In three years, so at least collective bargain agreement. I mean, they can always change it now, but I think they will use these next three to four years to learn. To learn. But I think that the first product that will be introduced to the NBA will be a CBD product, topical, right? Um, maybe a water soluble kind of uh, recovery kind of drink or yeah. whatever. So these are all of some of the things. These are the next CBA. Do you on. think that the NBA will change marijuana in terms of its designation? I think so. 
I, I, I really do. Unless something crazy happens between now and then, mm-hmm. um, but I think I think they will. I think that the world, I think the country, just everybody. I think everyone's starting to come around and realize, like, okay, there is a difference between hemp, CBD, and THC or cannabis. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And I think you know, this always said this was like our entry point was with the CBD. You know, where people start using it, realizing like, oh shit, it is medicine. You know? What yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. Even like with my, you know, my grandmother's friends and the church and all that. They're like, wow, they're using the creams. They're like, this okay. is amazing. You the church ladies, yeah, I love they, it. They're using it. Right. You know what I'm saying? I even talked to my preacher about me, you know, what I was doing. Uh, like, yeah, I, obviously he knew, but right. we had the conversation. Right, 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 he right. was so intrigued. Like, yeah. he didn't want to invest. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I think that the stigma's changing every day, and I think if they left it to a national vote right now, I think cannabis would pass in this country. I think it would, too. You know what I'm saying? But our government is not doing their job right. and not being aggressive and progressive to, you know, figure out how we can regulate it. You know what I'm saying? So that we can make that step forward. But mm. at the end of the day, it's fine. It gives, you know, operators like myself and, you know, people that want to come into the industry now, give them an opportunity because obviously once national um, legalization happens, you know, the, the cannabis industry will never be the same. Hmm. Yo, give it up for Al Harrington, man. Very smart brother with the message. This is, I'm very excited about all of this. I don't know what this thing right here is. You said so this is just a display? It's a display. I just gave you one just in case you, you know you got somebody yeah. come over to the house and you want to put some of the viola up. You got you know a little light on it. Hit the light and then just... The light on it. It's not, you don't got none of them goddamn cookies in here, dude. It's nothing in there. It's nothing in there. Oh, it's, not, oh, it's just the box? It's just a prop for you. Yeah, it's just a prop right there. So viola... Turn it to right. Oh, yeah. To, to, yeah, viola. Y'all go, uh, y'all go check it out. Uh, support what this brother's doing because it's a high-quality product. And also... Um, because it's a message behind it, man. That's what we do here at the Red Pill. I appreciate you, bro. Yes, sir. I'm going to give you these buckets. We out. Thank you to Al Harrington. Once again, today's show was brought to you by Blinkist. In today's age, it can be hard to sit down and learn more. You might think that you don't have time to read a book. You are wrong. Blinkist is the only app that condenses thousands of nonfiction books into the best key takeaways, giving you the meat of them, man. Get rid of the filler. You can read or listen to them in just 15 minutes. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash P-I-L-L to start your free seven-day trial. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T. Blinkist.com slash pill to start your free seven-day trial. Blinkist.com slash pill. Peace. We out of here.